Success Leaves Clues. Welcome to the Health Business Growth Show, where we take you behind the scenes of the top health businesses to learn how they built their success. I'm your host, JJ Virgin, founder of the Mindshare Collaborative, along with members of our Mindshare Mentor Team. Each week, we are joined by some of the most brilliant, innovative health business experts you're going to ever meet. These folks have built empires from scratch, navigated the choppy waters of entrepreneurship, and will be sharing both their struggles and their successes on the journey of creating a thriving health business. So if you're ready to take your business to the next level by learning from the best, you are in the right place. So let's get this party started. We are so glad you are here. Hey there, Mindshare family. Nat Kringudis here. Very excited to be back with this episode of the Health Business Growth Show. In this episode, our very wonderful mastermind director and mentor, Summer Bock, sits down with Maritza Snyder. Now, if you haven't come across Maritza's work before, she is an absolute force in the women's health arena. And what I especially love and that you're going to hear in this episode is how important it is to create community as part of a successful business. And Maritza, she definitely knows how to do this. She has built a community through platforms like Facebook, her programs, as well as books and podcasts as well. And she really uses that to provide support, motivation and solutions for her audience. Maritza also dives into her successful book launch, which, by the way, generated over a million dollars in revenue. You are going to want to really turn this one up. Make sure that you are giving it your undivided attention because we all have so much to learn in this episode. I'm going to stop talking. Let's get into it. Wherever you are in your health business building journey, well, maybe you're just dialing in your transformational offer or adding a new income stream or scaling to seven figures and beyond. We all have one need in common, an audience. And that's why the theme for this year's Health Business Growth Virtual Conference is how to build a large, loyal audience. Hi, I'm JJ Virgin, founder of the Mindshare Collaborative and one of the hosts of this year's conference. I'll be joined by expert instructors and your peers who'll be sharing exactly what they've done to attract, engage, and nurture their audience so that they become long-term loyal clients. There is a success path, and we will be walking you through it so that you can leave with a custom plan that you can put into action on Monday. We call it the Mindshare Audience Ascension Matrix, and we will be walking through the seven steps and sharing the best online and offline strategies, literally what is working right now to take the guesswork out of list building. You'll learn how to grow and nurture the most important asset in your business and a simple ninja strategy that you can do to get your audience to raise their hand and say yes to what you have to offer. This three-day event is happening March 15th through 17th. Get a group of your peers together and participate And be sure to join us for bonus networking sessions designed to help you find your perfect collaborative partners. One of the top strategies, by the way, that I use to build my multi-million dollar health business. So go ahead, grab your virtual seat. There's no risk. We offer a money-back guarantee. Grab your ticket today for the Health Business Growth Conference by visiting ms365.io forward slash hbgc. Two four for twenty four. I'll repeat that. It's ms three six five dot io forward slash 
HBGC24. See you there. I'm so excited to be talking to you. Me too. What a what a pleasure. What a gift. I know. We've we've had interviews over the years. So this is really cool because we actually get to talk about some really fun topics because I've watched your business grow for quite a while. Like we were in the mastermind together. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, I got to see where you were and I like you already had quite the foundation built, I felt at that time. Tell us like a little bit about your trajectory where you started with everything and like how you've grown over the years? Well, it really started with me building a network marketing company (laughs) in doTERRA and having a really incredible community there, getting opportunities to speak. I had already written several books at that point, um, but really developing a crowd of women who wanted to address their hormones and wanted to like really take ownership of their health. And so that kind of catapulted me into focusing a lot on women's hormone health more books, more programs, supplements, a podcast with almost 12 million downloads. It's taken off from there. And I think where I really love to show up is is really supporting women in programs that really move them in the direction that they want to go. When you talk about all these different facets, I think of it as like streams of revenue, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. do you have a number? Like how many streams of revenue you have? And, you know, do you know that number off the top of your head? In terms of what's the cumulative revenue from all of it? Is no, like do you, how many streams of revenue do oh. you actually have? Because like how do you how do you see those? Like the podcast is the a podcast of is its own stream of revenue. The books mm-hmm. are our own. I'm you know I'm, I'm even going for I'm pitching a new proposal right now. Supplements are their own stream of revenue, and then we've got the programs that are, and then even the affiliate piece. Mm-hmm. You know we we affiliate for a lot of amazing brands, brands that I really resonate with that bring you know bring in an average of 10,000 in a month just on affiliate marketing. That's such an important part of like, as you build, you build another stream of revenue and then another, and then over time, they're all intersecting with each other and supporting each other. And then the business can grow cohesively. You mentioned the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Was the book a turning point for you in your business at all? I'm, you know, I'm proposing number nine right now. <laughs> and I always like, I knew even with that first book, I, you know, I, I always wanted to be speaking. I wanted an online business. And that first book really gave me, it was kind of a, that, that brave step, you know, because I think a lot of us, there's the story we tell ourselves is that we're not an authoritative figure or we don't have anything to say or whatever, whatever may come up. I remember that first book really being that defining point. And although it was a really teeny book deal with a small publishing house, like I knew that at some point I was going to get the big book deal and that that was going to really open the door. And it's really through the books. I mean, my last book launch was a million dollar book launch on the front end and back end. And we built a business around the book. Not only do we sell copies and our publishers were really happy about that, but it was like, how do we expand the business? That was really the impetus. So yeah, from book one all the way to book eight, it was just, you know, a lot of growth to get there. But ultimately by book eight, you know, we were looking at a a seven-figure launch. I I hear this all the time. They're like, I want to write a book because I want that result, Mm -hmm. right? I want to write a book so I can have a seven-figure launch like Maritza did. So is that how it works? No. Okay. I mean, sure. I think everything is created twice, Mm. right? First in your mind and then the steps to make it happen. Absolutely. I think anytime you're thinking about a book is, yes, you want to reverse engineer what it is you want out of it. Do you want the times? Do you want it to be a national bestselling book? Do you want to build a business from that? I mean, I think those are the questions you need to ask yourself. And then I think what a lot of people don't realize is the level of time that it takes to build it all out. So for book number eight, we started over a year prior, while I was still writing the book, we started building the assets and everything we needed to make sure 
that that book was a seven-figure book. Not, that's, that's not the book deal. This was the business around the book that drove that revenue. So what I'm assuming is like a program that you sold that complemented the book, supplements that helped complement the program. Yep. Yeah, and it. it was a summit. We had 100,000 people attending that. We actually had two launches on the front end because the book was packaged as a bonus. So that's how we got, that's how we got the numbers. So not only did we, we make money on the summit launch and then we had a program launch that was another affiliate launch. I was like, why not? Three months prior to the book even coming out, we were pre-selling thousands of copies of books and making money at the same time. Then the book comes out and on the back end of that, we had supplements and more programs. So it really, it was a year. I remember, I remember asking people like, oh, you know, a launch is a couple of months. I'm like, no, this launch is... I think this launch was, it was a nine month launch. It just kept going and going and going, but we created a lot of momentum. Well, it's so elegant too. Mm -hmm. And what you're really creating is this customer journey that ends up helping somebody from the pain point that they start with to various stages of transformation, right? Absolutely, right. When just, once they get like kind of those initial pain points addressed, then what does that look like? And if you know anything about women's health, there's always... There's always things to address. Right. Problem, solution, problem, problem solution. It just keeps going. It does keep going. How does community play into all this? You mentioned it with doTERRA and the community and how that inspired you there. What have you done to help build your own community? What does that look like? We've had through social channels predominantly. You know, initially when I started building community, it was really in Facebook. This is like back in 2016, 17, 18. And it allowed for me to sell a lot of books too. And so programs and books and you know, creating that community. And then we kind of expanded that community out to my programs in creating community on the back end of that. And then even through Instagram as well. And on the podcast, you know, I think there's a lot of big community that's been created on the podcast. We've used, I use keywords in the podcast that translate over to Instagram. If you're a heart-based service provider who's really out to serve the women or the people you're designing, your avatar, community always has to be a part of it. It's hard to do any of this alone. Anything that we do, whether it's business or it's health or it's relationships, I and mean, everything is hard to do alone. Knowing that other people are going through it, that they have solutions, you know, I, I think that really keeps the motivation and inspiration up, especially when you are, you know, going through a very difficult time or you're trying to overcome a really big challenge. I find that community is what really is the game changer. It really can turn the tide for you in your transformation. I've noticed that like in group programs, for example, versus one-on-one, -on -one, people see other, they'll see like a mom that's working full time and doing all of the coursework and taking all the supplements and like just totally nailing it. And there's just a retiree who has all the time in the world and they're like barely getting through it. And then all of a sudden that person who realizes they have all this time, they're like, oh, I have to step up my game. Yeah, it's so you, a mindset shift. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's what I've loved. Like we have in my hormone program or my detox program, it's always, a lot of them are live. I mean, obviously people can sign up any time, but then we have live components and there's always someone who just hits a bump in the road. Like they are just struggling and it's amazing to me how many people come to their rescue and just really edify and really kind of honor what they're going through, you know, inspire them and kind of motivate them to keep going. People are sharing pictures of what they're doing, recipes of what they're doing, you know, just really actionable steps to show people in real life how it works and how to keep going. And so I think that's always fun to see in community settings, you know, people showing exactly what they're doing, how they're doing, how they're staying motivated, what their buddy's doing. The completion rate for a program like that when it's live and everyone's doing it together is so high. 
Right. Because they're not going to procrastinate. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'll do this later. Mm -hmm. It's like everybody's in it. Everyone's in it to win. Yes, everyone's in it together. Everyone's crossing the finish line together, which is a lot of fun. What do you use for that community where they're engaging with each other? Like what software platform are you using? We're still using Facebook. So we have Facebook groups and it's still working for us pretty well. We may explore other other types of software, but occasionally we have someone who doesn't want to be on there, and I, I get it. I have a lot of great customer support within the program itself. I mean, a thousand million FAQs, and so there's a lot of ways that people can get supported without being in the, the Facebook groups. But I find that the great thing about the Facebook groups that we use is that every question imaginable that's ever been asked in that for the program is there. So it's this beautiful place where someone could just type in, you know, bloating or, you know, feeling anxious or whatever it may be. And and they're going to get all the threads that have come up around that topic. And so that has been super helpful. So people just always have kind of this, this epic reservoir of resources that they can tap into. And then again, there's that social proof piece mm-hmm. where they type in bloating, let's say, and then they see how many other people have struggled with this. And then the validation of asking the exact same question, like, you're not alone. Yeah, exactly. That's and they people have, have overcome it. They found solutions around it. Yeah, that, that's what I love about, I think, the particularly the Facebook platform that you used, is that so many people are using it as a resource to kind of validate what they're going through and to come up with some solutions that have worked for previous people. This community becomes your biggest supporters every time you... Oh, yeah, the next thing. Launch your yeah. next thing, have your next big idea. What motivates you to, you know, do this work? Because it's a lot. You know, you're putting yourself out there. You have this desire to help people in a certain way. But, like, why? What's that big why mm. for you? I'm curious. I would say my lived experience. I mean, I, I you know, a lot of practitioners, I know that same story of this has been my my journey, you know, in, in healing myself or kind of, you know, kind of going through it and the struggles and the frustrations and and knowing that I'm one in millions that are struggling as well. And so I, I've, I don't know if I've always been a healer at heart, that that's always been my path that I was meant to be on this earth for. And I always say that I help everybody by helping women. <laughs> I just, you know, as a woman in the lived experience going through it, I just like, can we get a little more help over here? You know, that's kind of the reason why I keep going. I wake up every day and it's the work I want to do. And, and I just think that that um, continues to be my North Star. Do you consider yourself to be an organized person? I think I'm pretty organized, but we obviously have a project manager. Right. <laughs> and a sauna and everything, you know, organized in a way that makes it all work. And, I, you know, I let them do what they do and I do what I do. And then what I'm curious about the way you set goals for yourself and for your company, like, do you actually set very specific goals and reach them? Do you have an idea or a feeling? Like everybody has their own way. I'm just curious, share with us, like what is your method and are you reaching those goals or are you falling short and fine with it? So we, we sit down every single year, obviously, and we have the annual goal, sometimes even a two-year. So I have a three-year vivid vision for the company that everyone has access to. And anytime we hire someone, they get that three-year vivid vision. And this is Cameron Harold's book. And then we break that down into annual goals and then quarterly goals and then and then monthly as well. But then for myself, every single month I sit down based on what I know is going to happen. But also I'm just pie in the sky, throw it up there. I have my own goals that I want to have happen either for myself that I'm just kind of whatever my projects are that I'm working on as a content creator and then whatever I'm I'm 
you know, w- given what's on the marketing calendar, what I anticipate we're going to hit. And sometimes, you know, I go, I, I'll overshoot to see. Um, so every month I have, not only do we have a team goals that we're looking to hit and KPIs and all that, but then I have my own and Alex, my, who's my husband and the COO is like, where do you come up with this? And it's so crazy. Like, you know, a lot of it's kind of not actionable and, and obviously very doable, but some of it's just kind of manifesting and throwing it up there to see what happens. And it's amazing how often I would say I've been doing this for years now where I have my own monthly goals. I don't even share with the team. Like I'm just as the visionary, this is the direction I, I'm going, not to interfere with what my team is doing, just kind of like a yes and. And I would say that I hit those monthly goals about 80 to 90% of the time. And then we also have what everyone wants to see is the structured, you know, goals and the KPIs. But then again, as the visionary and the CEO and the, what I call the rainmaker, it's really my job as well to throw some stuff out there that um, just see what happens. Wow, that's amazing. Do you, ha- do you feel like as the visionary of the company, like, are there other roles besides that that you have to maintain or like practices or anything to keep you solid in that role? I feel pretty solid in that role. The other big role, obviously, as the brand, I'm like the first content creator. And so it's whether it's content for the podcast, it's content for YouTube, it's content for social, just, you know, getting really organized about, you know, what are the things coming up? What am I feeling inspired to talk about and how that's going to all kind of delineate through the different channels? But I would say the majority of my time every single week is spent in the content gold for the company. We are really a content brand more than anything. And then how we're gonna leverage that content. But my big projects right now are the next book proposal. That's my one thing. And also gearing up for the TED Talk that is around the proposal, around the book. And so those are my one things right now that I'm focusing my efforts on. And then handling all of my deliverables to my team as well. But I have a lot of time set aside just for those two projects because really only I can do those projects with people helping me, but I'm really steering the ship on those two big projects. Well, what's the size of your team right now? The size of the team is probably nine. And do you interact with all of them or you have? The structure? core team I interact with are probably five or six. I'm not on the phone with customer service as much. Project manager handles that or someone who's managing inventory. Um, I'm usually content writers, um, project manager, obviously COO, and then our executive assistant and then myself. So usually there's five of us inside of the core meetings. And then when it comes to your content that you're disseminating out into the world, is that part of the content gold that you talk about? Like you create this, these themes and this higher level piece and then your team can help get it out on a timely schedule? Yes, that's exactly it. And it's, it's usually in two different buckets. One, wherever we're heading in the direction of, like, you know, again, if we have a book launch coming up in 2026, and I'm just going to act as if, we need to start building the engine around that now. And then the other 2024, two year, yes, like head start. Exactly. Like really shifting the community, especially if it's a topic that's, you know, it's shifting a little bit. We need to start building the community, building the content, building all of that, that brand around this kind of new direction that isn't a big deviation from what we've been doing, but it's, you know, it's going to require a little bit of a slight turning over into that, that particular brand. 
And then what we have coming up, what's on the marketing calendar, you know, what program's launching. So do I need new content around that or can we use existing content that we use? Can we repurpose content? So it's always usually two buckets. One, what's coming up? you know, in the next quarter that, that I may need to create content around that would just be really beneficial to have more pieces that really highlight into that. And then, you know, forward facing two years in advance, what, what am I creating that's inspiring me to make sure that we're good to go for that? Because I anticipate another seven plus figure book launch. Okay, so this is more of like a big vision question for you as the visionary. If you were fully successful with your mission and women all had achieved essentially what you're trying to help them transform to the point where it like essentially would put you out of business. You're like, yeah. Whoa, and peacefully so. All you're women like, are, yeah, help what span is, is optimized. <laughs> it was that what, I mean, was that what it would be? What, yeah. how, how would we know? How would we know? Mm-hmm. I would say that, so, you know, although women live longer, 25% of our lives, women, and that's who I'm serving, there are health challenges. And so although we are living a little bit longer than men, it doesn't mean that we're living a vibrant, high, energized, you know, a good metabolic health life. We're really struggling. And so, I, you know, women menopause and beyond, postmenopause, are really doing all the things that they want, that they're self-actualizing, that they've got energy to spare, that they're picking up grandkids without any issues, that they feel vibrant and lean and amazing for years to come. And so that's what it would look like, is women aren't struggling with health challenges after the age of 50. I love it. Well, thanks so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us today. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I do hope that you got many gems out of that episode. I know I most certainly did. So much to learn and just so inspiring. If you've enjoyed this episode, please go ahead, give us a rating. Also leave a review. We do love hearing from you. And we also love to know what it is that you enjoy about these episodes so that we can continue to make more of the things that you love. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, bye for now. Here at the Mindshare Collaborative, we are committed to helping you increase your vision, income, and impact. One of the first things we'd love to support you on is adding a high-profit leveraged income stream so that you can enjoy more time and money freedom. And to help you get started, I've created the Health Professionals Playbook for building multiple streams of income that identifies five proven strategies for creating a sustainable income beyond your primary practice to create time and money freedom. To get your free copy as my gift to you, go to ms365.io forward slash MSI. That's ms365.io forward slash MSI.